As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learned something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Pennies Going In Raw is a production of iHeartRadio. The opinions expressed in the following podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide education and entertainment about the financial industry and the stock market. Enjoy! On this episode of Pennies Going In Raw, we discuss managing risk, GameStop, and overnighting stocks. You find out life's this game of pennies. Oh, you guys know we only have a 40% runner. Hello? 40% right is a fucking killing. We've been compliant for too long. It's time we go to war. I don't have a Roth. You know so much about the market that his brain doesn't have enough room for grammar. Hey, who told me about Ibex? It's going up a shit ton now. We're up 4%, baby. No way. Four fucking percent. You asked the exact same question with two words <laughs> different. It's like, fuck, man, I just got dick whipped for like 20%, and now that f***er's up like 50. I bet Warren Buffett never did that. I'm just making this voice memo to call out unusual whales to a fight. The pennies we need are everywhere around us. Pennies, pennies, pennies. Going in raw. Featuring Dan, Deity of Dips, and Hugh Honey. Produced by Vinny and Christian. Let's, Let's go, go, baby. Welcome back to another episode of Penny's Going In Raw. Today is Sunday, January the 9th. And I mean, when we're recording this, it's, it's currently Thursday because uh, Hugh and the gang are all coming to Houston for the Breathe Carolina mm-hmm. show. But we're recording this in After Hours on Thursday. And what we're seeing right now, I'm sure a lot of bag holders are happy. GameStop. Just got news about NFTs and they used all the buzzwords, the NFTs, the cryptos, and it's up 30% after hours. You're seeing uh, AMC go with it a little bit, round up like 6 to 8%. Wild move. It's up like, it's up a lot, man. What do you take yeah. of this and do you think this could be the start of another <laughs> meme run? I mean, we're about 11 and a half months out from where this first started. Uh, see, this is tough because this, I'll call it, I don't want to call it a game, but this little trick by uh, GameStop, I, it feels like they're trying to more revitalize than anything. And I don't know, it definitely feels more like a, like a play than like anything real. Like you said, they, they used all the quote unquote buzzwords and I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really like it. I, I don't really like it. I would rather something more substantial 
it, this feels like maybe they put three or four people together in one room or something and they're like, oh yeah, we got an NFT team. They looked at the Google Trends page for 2021 and made a uh, and made a PR just with every one of the top three yeah. words. They're like crypto, stocks, NFT, yeah. capital invasion. They're like, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so I think I think this feels more like a play by them than anything. And so for that reason, and also we talked about it last year a lot, but we'll continue to talk about it, that retail wasn't the only ones moving that stock, okay? There was billions and billions of dollars being traded every day on the on the meme stocks. That wasn't just like me, Dan, and 25,000 of our closest friends all throwing two grand at it uh, doing that. So uh, if the funds aren't behind it, that doesn't create enough volume and it doesn't create enough of a push to squeeze everybody out. Also, I think everybody kind of got the message last year that like maybe just stop touching GameStop on the short side, uh, especially because it, it was still like, yeah, it's up 30%. It's still trading at $130 a share. Like fundamentally, what has changed inside the past few, inside the past like 60 months? Yeah, they diluted a little bit. So they got a little bit more cash, but like nothing, literally nothing. Uh, and it's still up. Is here. it a little bit more cash, or I mean, wouldn't that be a lot? True, true. It is a lot more, but but it doesn't matter. I mean, like fundamentally, the the company hasn't. I mean, yes, fundamentally, the balance sheet has changed, but but the company's still losing money. Like the company, the it's not like the company took that money and you know started buying real estate or some shit or like bought another company that that does Oculus and is going to change the world. I don't know. I, I I'm just saying that like. That you can change the paint color, but you can't change the foundation. That was the lamest shit you've ever said. Yeah, but I got it right. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, Speaking of Oculus, with them changing the name to like the Meta or whatever, I think if you can get like a Oculus Two, it's just Oculus has nothing to do with Meta. Could be a collector's item. Just throwing that out there. I like that. Also, also, I thought about it, and uh, I, I don't want to say paint because that's not an upgrade. Uh, you can put a porch on the front, but you can't change the foundation. That's better. That's better. You can put a porch on the front, but it's even cooler when you can put a Porsche out front. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, but, but that being said, uh, if you are a GameStop bag holder and you just went green or, you know, let's even say a little less green, fucking sell some. Less red. Yeah, yeah, less red fucking sells some. It, it, listen, if it goes down, like if you truly love GameStop, this is why we talk about trading around the core. If you truly love GameStop and think GameStop is going to be the next Amazon or whatever, or the next Tesla, whatever, that's fine. Do what you want. But trade around the core. This is why trading around the core is perfect. If you sold some at 175, you could already buy it back at like 150. <laughs> and and I it might potentially hit lower within the next week. I would guess maybe it does. But my point is is that if you truly believe in GameStop, trade around the core. You could have sold some even even here. If it's at like one fifty when this podcast comes out, fucking sell some. 
it, you can probably buy it back a little bit lower later. It, there's always dips on these things. Does money stress you out? Let Facet flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding Facet immediately put us at ease. Facet's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us Facet for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit Facet.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by Facet. Facet Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment legal or tax advice. These testimonials are from current Facet members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. All right. Well, we're about to go into managing risk, and that will also include overnighting stocks. And that section is going to be sponsored by the fact that Spotify now has five-star rankings. So if you're a Spotify (laughs) user, and I know we have a lot of our listeners on Spotify, we'd love a five-star ranking on there, and that would make us very happy as they're new. And let's dilute those MFs to five. Well, we're going to start off with uh, managing risk. Obviously, we, we talk about it a good bit, but you know, there, there's, such a, there's such a facet to it where it's like, God, it looks like the market's about to tank and all my stocks just took that big hit. Looks like I should buy, but I mean, market sentiment is telling me I should sell, but I don't want to sell on a day they're all down 10%. And you know, it gets to a real confusing, uh, difficult situation to be in. Uh, so let's kind of dive into managing risk in a more in-depth version slash way. Yeah. So the first and most important thing is that you have to understand what kind of market you're in. If you're in a market where things just kind of gap up, like I remember we were trading uh, Chinese stocks and they would gap up like a thousand percent out of nowhere. Like no, no news, like nothing. Uh, you know, if it's that kind of market where things are just kind of gapping up and that's a terrible example, but, but my point is that if we're in something where things just gap and gap up and then they drop, maybe that's more of like a swingers market. If we're inside the situation that we're in right now, growth is dead. Okay. If you look at any growth stocks over the past three months, I guarantee you, if you look at 100 different growth stocks, you have more fingers than you have stocks that are down less than 20%. So that being said, that if you had your entire account or your entire portfolio on the street inside these smaller caps, uh, I mean, you'd be screwed. And that doesn't mean necessarily that that these stocks should be trading down here. I don't believe that at all on some things. Um, Other ones, they should go much lower. But my point is that the entire sector has just been killed. We have rising interest rates. You got the Fed saying that they're going to start tapering. I mean, there's so many different reasons. Uh, you know, also the holidays. There, there's so many different reasons. But you have to understand the market theory, and that's why it's important that, especially if you're a swing trader, not to be you know all in all the time. There's times when you're going to have more money on the street than inside your account, like in cash. But, uh, but now is not one of them, you know, like I'm swinging a few things, but, but it's, it's small in comparison. Why? Because 
because when the reversal changes, and this is a big if, if the reversal changes, again, we trade growth. What happens with growth? I, I mean, you know, like, like a lot of people trade growth that listen to the podcast. What happens with growth? There are companies that need money. Okay. So what happens when a company needs money? They either dilute, you know, if they're, if they're looking for money, they might dilute. That's the reality of it with growth is that, yes, you have, you have these $100 million, $200 million, billion, $2 billion, $10 billion companies. And yes, there's huge upside potential. But the downside is that they always are, ca- they're, they're literally like the most cash strict, strucking, most cash strucking college kid. Stricken. Stricken. Most cash stricken college kid you've ever met. They are, they're always asking for money. And that's because their burn rates are ridiculous because they have no product yet. That's why they're worth $100 million, $1 billion. Um, And so that's really important to note is that if you hold these companies too long, and I mean, I'm talking six months, nine months, 10 months, it, the reality sets in that eventually they're going to need cash. And a lot of these companies look to the market for cash. And that's, that's literally just the reality. So, and I think that we're getting close to that time. Okay. Everybody just ended, you know, Q4. Also, these companies understand that they really have no bottom, some of these. Okay. So, could they be big in a few years? Yeah, sure. But inside the same token, they also understand that if they know that they're really not having tons of orders come in, then this is a great time to dilute at this share price, even though it's so much lower. You know, like we always talk about, the dip keeps dipping. It can't go any lower. It sure as food can. So I think that that's really important to, to understand is that, yeah, like it feels like there's been a lot of pain in small caps and there has, but there can be a lot. Like we've ripped off the right arm of small caps. There's still a torso, a left arm, two legs and a head. You know, like there's still a lot of pain left, the potential pain. So I think that's just important that if you're going to swing something, Make sure that you have enough money and that you're not just adding, adding, adding when you're red. Like I'll go down eight, nine percent on a on a trade without on a swing without adding to it because there's no reason to. It's low volume trickle down. And that's okay. But wouldn't a you know, low that, volume wouldn't you want to add on the yeah. low volume because it, it just takes it getting back to regular volume for it to easily move back up. But in this type of market where we've seen nothing in growth move, in my opinion, it's best to just manage your manage your risk. Because what ends up happening is that if this continues for another six weeks, those the the shares that I just bought will be down another twenty percent. Makes sense. Like the, the low volume selling can go on for forever, ever, like literally forever. That being said, the market that we're in, what you're seeing is that again, all these small caps are are getting sold and they're getting smoked. But with that, the ones that get good news are running really hard and they're having big moves, 180%, 200%. Hoth, I think uh, this week ran from 70 cents to $2 or close to $2. You know, like those are big moves. Why? Because there's so much selling pressure and there's these low volume sells that all it takes is, a little, as Dan said, a little bit of volume to get back up. And so that's the really good part about this. So we're inside like more of a trade day traders market. And that's great. You know, there's tons of opportunities. But 
Same thing with that is that if you go into it with only 10% of your account swinging and you know, you're like, oh, I'm cash flush. Let me day trade these big moves, stuff like that. You can't bust or you can't get so big inside these day trades. You know, like that's the, that's one of the biggest issues that I usually see is that maybe you take like a really good small trade. Uh, let's call, let's take Hoth this week. Okay. Let's say that you take Hoth from $1 to one fifteen, and you're like, oh man, I'm really feeling it. And then the next one, you take it from one ten to one thirty, and you're like, oh man, like I just, I'm feeling this. And you know, you, you got a little bit of money to work with on the, on the P and L side, you know, you're a little green. And then the next trade you scale up four times that size because you're like oh man like i've only yeah, made everything's working let's keep going exactly exactly if i can hit you know if i continue at this pace i'll be up 10 15 on my account and then that one that you scale up on it smokes you it smokes you i know because it happened to me uh yesterday on y m y n z or whatever it had like 15 dollar support Oh my God. Yeah. I'm going to let this thing work a little bit. You know, I traded it twice. I scaled in. I had massive shares, like five times what I had on the previous two trades. I was such a dumbass. And uh, what's it do? The second that I buy it down $2. I'm like, what the fuck? Like right through, it, it went from 15, almost hit 17. Boom. Back on underneath 15 in seconds. I was like, what the fuck? What are you doing? Uh, and not only did it, not only did take out my, uh, not only did it take out my previous gains, but it, it put me in a pretty big hole. So that's one of the things where it's like, Hey, you know, understand that even though you're killing it, you know, with the day trades to, that you still got to manage your risk because one or two bad trades can take you in the red for the, for the day, for the week. Fuck the month. You can identify it as not being exactly the time to swing. Are you just yeah not swinging or just not well, adding on the dips? And along with yeah. that, it's like, what can you do to manage aside from just not adding, you know? Yeah. So, so my rule of thumb in this, and when most people ask me is that, listen, you want if you're a big swinger and I mean, obviously this market's, you know, killing you, then every swing that you want Keep it on a watch list. Now, the ones that you feel are at really good spots, whether it be on support, you feel like it's undervalued from like a fundamental standpoint, you just, you like this. Like you want to have a piece of the pie in this. Don't put more than three or 5% of your account in because then guess what? If it goes to zero, fine, you lost 5% of your account. But if these things are down 50% in the past three months, if it goes down to 50%, fine, you lose two and a half percent of your account. That's fine. But if you were to put 30% of your account in, and then on a dip, you add another 10% of your account, now you're in 40%. Now, if that does the same thing that it's done the last three months, I mean, you're, you're down huge. You're down 20, 25, 30% of your account. And, and it's not even just on one stock. It can also be like yeah. the sector. If you're in a bunch of IPOs or a bunch of you know, just something in the same sector, they can all get slaughtered. So it's not just, hey, make sure you only have yeah. 5% in one stock. If you have 40% in eight stocks, but they're all IPOs, tech IPOs, yeah. they can all get slaughtered. Or let's say all EVs, you know, one bad day from Tesla, you're screwed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then it's like your account's down 80%. So it's definitely one of those things to that like, 
listen, yes, of course you feel like it's cheap here, uh, especially when it's down 30%, but everything's down 30%. Okay. So it, it, what I usually do is, and, and I'll take this because from, from my short strategy is that when I'm shorting something, I'll take Ford the other day. I had started in on Ford super early before the, before the top. But what I was doing was I was only buying. Uh, I had gotten up to like 50,000 shares short or something. I was only hitting it with 1,000 shares, 1,000 shares here and there because I wanted to be in there at least a little bit, but I didn't want to overexpose myself. So it's like one of those ways to fight FOMO or kind of fight that. So it's 1,000, 1,000. And then when you get that confirmation of trend reversal, now that's from the short side, but from the long side as well, once you kind of see some volume and you see growth kind of picking up and you can feel it. I mean, one, you can feel it on fucking Twitter. You just go on Twitter and if everybody's like, you know, raising their hands in the air, it's, you you know, that growth is having a good day or just on the chart, you know, you see volume coming in and, and, and you see volume coming in and you just kind of see, you know, maybe break, maybe on support, it tested it and, and had a pretty good green candle. Because if you look at growth, most of, most of it is just like these small red candles down the past three months. Like if you take it on like the weekly chart, it's really nothing crazy. It's just like a slow trickle down on super low volume. So if you see it usually trade like, uh, let's call it 500 million shares in a week. In the last three months, it's only trading 100 million a week and it's down 30%. And then one week, it comes back and it has a 400 million volume week. And and the thing that, and I know what everyone's gonna say, well, wouldn't that make it go up 20%? Yes, it would. But that is a really good potential trend reversal. Okay. And so even though you're gonna be buying 20% higher or potentially 20% higher than what you could have bought it at, the difference is, is that. If it just continues that trickle down, you're just adding, adding, adding. Yes, you're averaging down. But then if it goes down to the 10%, that's so much more money than what it would have been. So what I, like I said, what I like to do is that get in there small, 1% of your account or fuck, even one share. It doesn't matter. If you need to fight that FOMO, buy one share, put it on your watch list and then wait for it. You'll trust me. If you guys are newer to trading, you'll know when growth is back. You'll know. It, it, you'll have a thousand percent. You'll have like two thousand percent runners. It, the entire small cap market will be up like twenty percent. It, it, it's like a fucking free for all. It's it's nuts. It's insane. There's so much money being made. It's nuts. So do that. And then when you start to see those confirmations, that's when you can scale in a little bit heavier on your largest conviction trades. Listen, these stocks have a have a potential to go lower, but they also can go higher, especially if you if you have your DD and you know what you're doing, there's great opportunities out there. I'm not I'm not telling you that there's not great opportunities, but the difference is that you guys got to be smart about it because at the end of the day, again, all these things can go back to zero. Okay? We start getting into one of those like uh winters where all the all the bio small caps start diluting and then it's like all the retail stocks start diluting and then it's like all the ev stocks diluting i mean small caps can go down another 50 percent from here like it like that sucks to say but then they'll go from down 30 percent to then down another 50 percent and that and that's not unrealistic like that's how it used to be uh, like 2016, 2017, you only really traded small caps a few months out of the year. It wasn't like this, like in the last 16 months, it feels like small caps have just exploded. 
So things are, I mean, FCEL, when I first looked at FCEL, it was trading at like $2 a share. It hit 21 at one point or something. Yeah, small caps got so slow, I had to start selling calendars. <laughs> yeah, those are, actually, I don't even have mine yet. I've just seen pictures. It sucks. Dude. Yeah, it does, it does. I took it on the chin, you know, because uh, the supplier or something messed up. But anyway, my point is, is that, like I said, is that if you're a swinger, 1% or even one share, just fight that phone, we'll get in there, wait for the confirmation. Now, if you're a day trader, like I said, the most important thing is going to be is managing that risk, okay? In a regular day trade, you truly, truly, truly shouldn't have more than 5% of your account and do a day trade. I follow some of like the prop traders, like at seven points capital. Like I really like Killer T. He's a great guy. He's helped me a lot. Um, there's another one. There's another guy inside the Florida office, bald guy. I forget his name, like Steve or something. But anyway, I listened to his, I listened to one of his podcasts or something or one of his YouTube videos. And he does this thing where he takes the average of his last 21 days, like his PL, and then let's just say it's like $10,000. That's what he's allowed to trade with that day. Okay. And, and so if he loses that, then he's done for the day. And I kind of like that. I don't, I don't think that's for me personally, uh, just because I, I like to trade with a little more size. But I think that that's a really good tool because he says, listen, at the end of the day, the, the most I'm losing is one day, is one day's gains, like the absolute most. And he's like, uh, and, and, I think, and I think that's really cool. You know, like I think that that's the way that we should manage risk, especially in a market that we're in right now. Um, the most that you're going to lose is, is the day. So like I said, take the last 20 days or 30 days and whatever your average is of P&L, take that and that's what you're allowed to trade with. And that's your max loss as well. So, uh, and, and, I, and I like that a lot. And so then it's like, you know, if you're able to take that money and do better with it, that's going to increase the amount of money that you're allowed to use. I know it kind of feels like a slow process, but again, you keep hitting those uh, $500 gains, $500 gains, $500 gains. Or for me, for instance, the first two trades that I took on that stock yesterday were great trades. The third one blew out the, uh, blew out the first two gains and gave me like a 5x loss. And, uh, and that's not cool. So this prevents all that. So maybe, maybe I will try and institute that. But my point is, is that never more than at 5% of your account into something because anything more than that in like a day trade and you're just getting, you're, you're getting reckless. You're, you're asking for it, if you will. And I know that it's like the slow gains and stuff, but you guys have to remember is that, listen, we're not in the market where it's 1,000, 2,000% of your account. Okay, that market can come and will come, but there's no point in blowing your load where everybody else is happy with 100, 200% gains per year. It's like uh, 1% or 2% of your account compounded every week uh, can equal like 100% or 150% at the end of the year. And that's what most people are striving for. That's what most funds strive for. Uh, not, not hedge funds, I mean like, uh, like smaller like prop firms. So I think that it's important to, to understand that and keep our expectations realistic. You know, like I know that everybody wants to turn five grand into, you know, 20 million or whatever, but just trust the process. Trust the process. All right. Well, do you have any? Oh, and, and last thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Last thing. And, and just the most important thing is that if you ever feel in the FOMO or you ever are like, fuck, like I'm not making any money. Like I need to use more of my account. Please remember one thing. Okay. If you have no money to trade with, 
you can't make mo- any money at all. So that money that you have to trade with is the most important thing above all else. So don't over risk it. Except family. Um, <laughs> all right. well, well, do you have anything else to talk about with managing risk in day trades before we move into one of the scarier parts of trading, overnighting stocks? I think that's I think that's pretty much it. Like I said, I think it's uh I think you should totally not have necessarily like a real stop loss on, but I think that that if you're the type of person that will just that will take gains at two percent gains, but then let something go down fifteen percent, that's got to change. You, you, the statistics are so godly against you um, that that has to change, or or your chances of survival within the next three years are practically zero. Yeah. And uh, if something hits its all time low, usually it's not like, oh, wow, look at these prices. It's usually like this shit's going to suck for a little longer. So keep that in mind, too. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Um, all right. Well, let's talk yeah, that's about not support. <laughs> let's talk about overnighting stocks a little bit. Obviously, it's a spooky thing when it comes to stocks that could have bad news, low cash, gummy management, et cetera, et cetera. So any tips and tricks for overnighting stocks for the for the new guys? Yeah. See, this is this is definitely one of the bigger questions because especially people underneath P- PDT that don't want to use their day trades. But the rule of thumb, and this is why overnighting is hard, okay? For me personally, when I see small caps like sprinting into close, I hate that. Actually, let me get my post note. Hang on. Time out. Let me get my post. Aha. Here we go. Here we go. Stronger the close, the more you sell. Okay? I've heard that used around Twitter a multitude of times. And, uh, and the reasoning behind that is that when things run into close, like you, you got to think, I think of everything as like somebody's always on the other side, like trying to fook me. Okay. So like, for instance, when, when, uh, when the market popped, what was that Tuesday on the headline that the Fed's going to stop net asset purchasing. I mean, the spy popped for a second. I was like, this makes no fucking sense. That's be, that was probably because they were trying to create a liquidity event to then short it down. And that's what they did, like a, like a 2% short. So I always try and think of it, and this is probably like not the best way to think of it, but I always think about everything, in, including life, that somebody's on the other side trying to fuck me over on purpose. 
And that's the same thing with trading. So if you're taking a penny stock and this thing is ripping in the clothes, I mean like 357, 358, 359, it is just green candle after green candle, 20% in minutes. Sell some. That is not your place to buy. Can it gap up in the morning? Yes. But what will usually end up happening is that it gaps up on low liquidity. And then by 7 a.m., when, when most brokers open up, it's back down, if not red. And then it then what will usually happen is that, and, and again, this is all based on like algos. One little, one little tip yeah. for those is like, if you have Weeble, set like, you know, obviously sell some as the market's closing and then set some uh, good till close plus extended hours with some crazy sell prices and maybe on low liquidity, those sell. I yeah. remember doing that a lot last year. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. And they will hit. And that's the thing is that usually it'll gap up. It'll print at that prices. And then what'll happen is that it just kind of trickles down on that low volume and it'll actually go red. And then at market, it, you'll see like a quick pop to where it'll almost go green. And then guess what happens? It oh, Nobody sells because they're like, hey, I just want to get back to green. And so they might get within a cent or two of that red to green move. And then that's when it is just sometimes bulldozed. That's just what I've noticed in my experience. That's, you know, maybe maybe you haven't found that. But my usual thing is that if I see something with crazy high volume and let's call it soaking. So if I see if I see a stock sitting there and like they're not letting this go below this. So for instance, Ford, the other day I was short Ford, but they wouldn't let it underneath 24. Like every time that it came within 24, it always bounced and it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel organic. So I covered it for like a small, like 50, like I think it was like 500 bucks or something, like basically at my average, because I didn't want to hold any over just in case, because again, it felt like they weren't letting it go. And, uh, and what happened the next day, a headline came out that they're on pace to sell 150% more car, more electric cars than last year or something. Now that didn't really do anything to the price, but now we know why they weren't letting it go below 24 because they had something coming. Okay. So that's the way that I always like to think of things. Like, why is this happening? So when I'm, when I'm looking for something to take overnight, it's usually again, that volume is sticking around. So how much volume did it trade within the first hour and how, and if it's still trading relatively the same kind of volume and I mean, the short percentage is huge and the borrow rate is huge and maybe it's a smaller float. What I want to see it do is that I want to see it keep that range. That's what I want to see it do. And I don't really want to necessarily see it break out that range. Or, or I want to see the 2.30 p.m. My favorite setup ever is still keep the same volume. 2.30 p.m. hits the low, hits, hits the bottom of the range. And that's kind of the bottom. And then I would see buyers come in for the next hour and a half. And maybe it closes just above the range or near the range. I, again, I don't want to see it break out of the range and start gapping up and shit. That's not what I want to see. I'll sell it then. Um, I want to see it come close to the range, keep that good volume. And then that's usually a pretty good area to take a overnight. Again, because volume precedes price action. So the perfect storm is that huge high borrow rate, the low float, but if they're defending that area, whatever price area that is, that's a really good risk to reward trade. 
There you have it. All right. Yeah, I know it can get kind of scary overnighting some of these, especially when everything gets hot and news is just popping. Because when news is popping, I mean, like their management knows just as much as everyone else does. If everyone else on Twitter's on it, if it's popping up on false hope, they'll drop an offering. I mean, it, shit ain't oh, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's it's totally... It's I'll rarely hold a day trade overnight. If anything, I probably hold shorts more than than day trades overnight because those day trades can turn into swings real quick, real quick. And and like Dan was saying is that and, and it comes back to why aren't they letting this go? Same thing like the Ford had the headline to the upside. It could have been like they were holding it, holding it above that 24 so that people could get out, you know, like like the same thing, like a bad headline could have came out and they just whoop, so same thing with the penny stocks or not even the penny stocks, but just the smaller caps is that they could be defending that area. Let's call it like the $2 area um, because they're letting people get out, you know, like, like the people that matter, not just little retail guys. Then the next morning at 5 a.m. an offering comes out. So that's something to really keep important. You know, why is this thing sticking around? That's what you always got to ask yourself and make sure. And the biggest thing is make sure that volume is strong. All right. Well, there you have it, guys. Some overnighting, some GameStop, and some risk management. Uh, again, the five star on Spotify would be awesome. Uh, and I guess we'll see you Wednesday. And if you're in Houston, Sakai Breathe Carolina concert should be a fun. T- well, this comes out Sunday. Never mind. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, everyone have a well. If we good saw rest- you, it was yeah. great seeing you. Yeah, it was good yeah. seeing you, man. Uh, so everyone have a good Sunday and uh, enjoy your week. We'll see you Wednesday. Penny's Going In Raw is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app.